Hey friends, I have one thing to ask of you before this podcast begins. My heart behind my podcast is for it to touch as many women as possible so that they can grow in their faith and know that they are not alone on their journey to heaven. I can't do this without your help. So I want to encourage you to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share today's episode with just one friend who you think would grow by listening to today's conversation. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Hey there, I'm Whitney, your host of the Abundantly Yours podcast. I'm a wife, college student, and entrepreneur ready to strive for sainthood right alongside you. Jesus put this podcast on my heart as a way to serve you better, so I am so pumped that you are here. I'll be hanging with you every Monday and Thursday to chat all things discovering your purpose, cultivating a relationship with Jesus, and everything else in between. Are you ready to fully step into who God created you to be? Let's do this, girl. Hello, Bridget, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and to talk all about um, NFP, fertility awareness, and all those types of things. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Whitney. I'm really excited to be here and join you today for this conversation. It's an important one. Yes, it is. And it's going to be so fun. I'm excited to chat. Um, I feel like the Lord has been like nudging me to share about this more. So um, I'm excited. So before we dive in, would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Bridget Busacker. I'm founder of Managing Your Fertility, a one-stop shop for NFP resources for women and couples. I help educate women online through courses, my podcast, um, and really trying to have more honest conversations online uh, because I find so often women don't understand what the importance is for charting, why we need to understand our bodies, how it could help us and our health and being more participant, like participatory and a participant in society and in our marriages and our friendships and our community. So I, I find it really important. And personally, I'm married to David. We've been married six and a half years. We have two little girls and it's a very full and beautiful life that we have. They're three and one and a half. So it's definitely a uh, full time, but it's been really, really fun. That's awesome. How fun. So amazing. I'm super excited. We actually had a podcast scheduled for like beginning of 2022, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, I just took a break from the podcast and I'm like, and then I think you reached out again. And we're like, yes, let's do it. So I'm super excited to get to chat um, and get to talk to you because you know so much about this. So um, as we kind of speak into this, um, what is the importance of fertility awareness? You know, why would someone, I mean, whether they're single or not, why, why do they why should they care? You know? Yeah. And it's a great question. So I think oftentimes what we forget about, um, in sex education and education in those years where we're hitting puberty as women, we forget to talk about our health holistically and reproductive health and how it impacts us as women, what we're going through, the cyclical changes every month. We've have a lot of focus on anti-flow or, you know, that dreaded period and whatever, you know, script comes up for you, you know, you think about that, but we forget about the rest of the cycle, what's going on hormonally for us as women. And a lot of times, um, you know, women tell me that, you know, they have painful periods, they're dealing with acne, they're having unusual symptoms. Um, So a lot of times women are put on hormonal contraception without really having more deeper explanations of what's going on, looking at root cause with their doctor. And so the medical care system is very hit or miss when it comes to reproductive health and its education, which is unfortunate, but it's changing. And so I think a lot of times we as women don't realize how much one, we need to understand our bodies for our health and making sure that we understand why are we feeling this way? Well, why are we taking hormonal contraception? What are those root issues that are going on? Are they actually being addressed? 
best. And then two, having to be advocates for ourselves because the medical system is very hit or miss. You can find a doctor who totally understands the reproductive system, fertility awareness, how this cycle works, and that's amazing. And other times you can find someone that doesn't have the education and background, and that's not to knock those physicians. They're in a system that does not support this education. And that is starting to change, which is wonderful. But for those listening, like we're really in the trenches of advocating for change for future generations of women to really understand and own the information of our bodies so that we can make healthy, good, conscious choices. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so, I love, I just love how you said that. I think, you know, that that piece of our fertility is, is lost when we're being taught about our periods. Like, okay, I'm going to bleed every month, but like, what is this? Right? Like, you know, I mean, I even think back to what, like third or fourth grade of uh, when I was first like being taught about what's going to happen to my body. Right. But like, Literally, it was just, I mean, yeah, they said like, you know, an egg was released, but then they said, if the baby's not there, then your uterus sheds and then you get your period, right? Like, that's all I knew. Like, that's all, I mean, it was just like, why? And so um, for me, kind of like learning fertility awareness um, for me, uh, so my sister actually, she um, just had some issues with her cycle and things um, post high school. And so we're four years apart, five years apart, something like that in age. Um, and so uh, when she was going through learning this, she, you know, not in a relationship, she's, you know, not, not even worried about that. Um, she's like, you should go learn, um, you know, like crate and charting or learn, um, NFP so that way you can know what your body is doing and you can see if there's um, anything going on. Cause you might have a perfect cycle, but there could be something not going right or, you know what I mean? And so for me, like I learned in high school. And so, um, you know, at that point I also was not set on a man or anything either. And so I was like learning for the sake of the confidence in, um, you know, my body and, and what's happening. And it was such a beautiful journey into learning that. Um, and I, I would encourage anyone, whether you're like 16 and just starting your cycle, or if you're, you know, in your mid twenties and just want to do it, like, just do it. It's, it's part of, I honestly kind of think, I mean, self-care in a way. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah. I think there's two really great points you bring up the the nuance of our cycles and that you can look like you have that twenty eight to thirty one day perfect yeah. cycle. Quote right. unquote, perfect. Yeah. 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 But you actually might find that your luteal phase is too short or you have spotting or you don't feel quite right or the cramping is so intense during menstruation. And so even though it looks perfect on paper, what they say for that 28 to 31 days, that doesn't necessarily mean there could be underlying issues because the, the sign of a healthy cycle and reproductive health is actually you're ovulating optimally. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people think, well, I don't need to worry about that because if you're not ready to have children, you're not married, you're thinking like, oh, I don't, I don't need to care about that, but actually it's for you because good egg quality, you're ovulating well, impacts other hormones, can impact sleep. Your nutrition plays a factor into this, your mental health. These hormones yeah. like work together and your reproductive health isn't separate from you or a separate thing that you turn on and off. It actually is like helping you on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I think yeah. the second part is that fertility awareness, we often think of it in the realm of sex, we think about it in the realm of having babies or not. It's like, well, I'm not sexually active or I'm not planning to be sexually active until I'm married or I'm not married. You know, like we, we see it in this very narrow lens when fertility awareness is like you said, that self-care and actually yeah. understanding like what is going on in my body, in my cycle, whether or not you may have issues or not with it to really make sure that you're feeling well. And those other areas of your life may not be impacting your cycle or your cycle. And those hormones may negatively be impacting another aspect of your health too. And so they really do 
work together. And that often is left out of the conversation because we get so fixated on don't get pregnant in high school education, right? When you're thinking sex, yep. if don't get pregnant, this is what happens if you get pregnant, don't do it. But then yep. we're not talking about like your hormones and the fact that when you're ovulating, you find that attraction goes way up. And if like any high school girl realized like, wow, sometimes some boys that I would never be into are super gorgeous to me. What's going on? <laughs> That's yep. actually your hormones at play. And then you find you like, you're done ovulating, you're entering the luteal phase, you're like, oh, whoa, he's not cute anymore. Like, what was I thinking? And that information could be so helpful for someone to realize, like, wait a minute, this is me ovulating. This is a very natural part of my cycle. And if I were, like, married, this would be like, hey, let's think about a baby. But what do you do with that information when you're like, I am not wanting a baby. I am not married. This is not for me. How do you channel that and use that information to say, okay, maybe I'm not going to date that guy. Or, like, let's reassess. How am I feeling? Where am I in my cycle? Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. And when we learn about our body's natural fertility, we come to appreciate like the beauty of the like the womanly body of who we are, right? Like when we can understand like our fertility and what our body is doing, like even for me being pregnant, like some days I have to take a second, t- like a double take. I'm like, wait, like there's another human with a soul inside of me. Like how incredible is that? Like you know, that as women, that's, that's what we get to do and have that opportunity to take place in, you know, in growing life. And so it's like, um, when you come to understand your fertility and your whole body and how it all works together and how it works with every other system of our body, um, I just, I mean, it it allows us to just really see the beauty of, of who we are. Right. I think that's a huge aspect of it as well. Um, yeah. So, um, along with fertility awareness, we also always hear in like NFP, natural family planning. Um, would you kind of explain what that is for someone who might not know, um, I mean, even what natural family planning is, and then we can kind of talk about some of the methods after that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's really important to understand the interchange and the differences between fertility awareness and natural family planning. So uh, the language around fertility awareness is, is really to help encompass single and married women and understanding this is you taking the signs and symptoms of your cycle and charting it and understanding what it's trying to say and what your body is trying to tell you. And then with natural family planning, a lot of times in Catholic circles, we hear this predominantly because it's what the Catholic church promotes and teaches as an option for Catholic couples if they so choose to use it for family planning in their marriage. And that's where I think sometimes single women think like, oh, it's not for me. And it it still is because it's promoting the scientifically evidence-based methods that are scientifically proven, they're sound to use, and it's implementing the teachings of the church on marriage and human sexuality. And we often think theology, the body of free, total, faithful, fruit love. So natural family planning is allowing you to chart the woman's cycle to understand what's going on so that you can plan your your family life um, and determine and discern, is God calling us to welcome new life into our marriage right now? Is he calling us to wait? What are those circumstances? And Humane Vitae um, really made it clear to us, okay, what does it look like to use natural family planning and when would we not? And the church is not specific in giving a list and saying, this is when you would discern having a child or not. There are arenas that you look at like psychological, social, economic, um, physical, that, that you have to determine then and say, okay, with God and with your spouse, what does it look like to plan a family right now? Or is God calling us to wait? And so the church is very wise in this and and wanting us to engage in all aspects and and be very integrated with body and soul um, and to lean into the oneness of marriage and and understanding what it looks like to 
actively plan a family, essentially with the Holy Spirit. So you're, mm-hmm. you're really making sure you lean into that faith and that science and your reason and your free will. So it sounds a little intense, but really that's what the church is calling us to participate in so that we're active participants. We're not just turning off the woman's cycle. We're actually saying, okay, we understand the goodness in babies and bonding, that sex is very good and it helps bond the spouses together. And that also the the possibility of life is a beautiful fruit of sex. And that's something that we don't separate, that we see the goodness in, but that doesn't mean every cycle you need to be actively planning to have a child. That's where that discernment comes in because what one couple's heart is, is not another's. And that's where you really have to tune into your own story and why the church doesn't provide a list in that discernment process as well. Yeah, I love that. And I think something, um, you know, even that my husband and I just thinking like future of like, you know, family planning and like, even like how many kids we want. I'm like, that's something that I don't even want to think about right now. I'm like, I'm focused on my one baby that I have growing right now and we'll cover that when it comes. And I know like, I mean, learn like living life outside of that topic of like living in the moment and being able to just like focus on one day experiencing the Lord through that is incredible. I'm like, he's going to lead us in this whole big long path of whatever our family is going to look like. And when we can entrust that to him, that's when like, I mean, we experience, you experience freedom within your marriage of entrusting your family to the Lord Um, and knowing that, I mean, he's going to speak to us and he's going to, I mean, create that life when he wants that life here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love how you kind of wrapped it all up and it does sound like a lot kind of right. Like, but I mean, it's true when we, when we take in, um, society, I'm trying to think of the word, like messes with the woman of, Oh, you just had a baby. Here's birth control, you know, like whatever. It's like, no, like there's so much more beauty behind it. And so that's why I love advocating for, um, NFP and sharing about it, um, with, other women, you know, <laughs> yeah, which is so great. Cause I think there is that narrative, um, that separation to say, okay, when you want a baby, you have a baby. When you don't, don't be irresponsible. Don't be ridiculous and make sure that you have ways to protect yourself against your husband and protect yourself against pregnancy. Yeah. And I think there, there is a reality in that, like, yes, for women, like we carry life and that is a gift. And that can also feel very intimidating mm-hmm. when, when you think about it, especially if you may be concerned about, um, physical limitations or financial concerns. And so we're, there is this dance and saying, okay, God, you give, you gave us free will and reason to, to make a good decision. And, and usually a couple is discerning two goods, right? To have a child, to not have a child. Those aren't like one is good and one is bad. You know, yeah. so it really does take that strong prayer life and leaning into the sacraments and communicating with your spouse and having a yeah. prayer life to say, okay, God, where are you calling us? Because to the world, this may look crazy, but this is where we have a lot of peace to say yes or to say no yeah. right now. And so that, that constant communication is so important to maintain with your spouse and with God. Um, yeah. And I think to the outside world, that can sound really crazy outside of a, a life of faith, because it's like, that is so scary to think about surrendering and trusting in that way. But it is a journey. Like you said, it is day by day because yeah. when you're not in that present moment, you don't have the grace for that, like future catastrophe. You might be thinking of future fear yep. for that yep. moment right now that we have the grace. And so to say, okay, Lord, I trust you in this and I trust yeah. you with my fertility. That is a very different way to live than what women are currently told is like, you pick your babies or you pick your career. You do yep. this or you do that. This idea of, okay, can you live in the space of both? And there yep. are so many women who give an example of living in the space of both. I think of like Lisa yep. Canning, Leah Darrow, yep. you know, these are women who are showing us what could it look like to have families and to have careers that we love to have passions and to put the Lord first yep. in marriage and in family life. If yeah. you're called to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned, where's the peace? My sister and I have been talking about that so much with just like, 
um, you know, jobs and careers and just whatever the Lord is calling us to. And it's like, we have to follow where that peace is. And this, I mean, this goes to everything in life. Like, I mean, yeah, what is the Lord inviting you to and calling you into? And like, and like you mentioned also, like, we don't have the graces for tomorrow yet. Right. Like, and so I've even, I mean, the Lord has slammed the door many times in my face about worrying about tomorrow. And it's like, no, like, let me be present here today and receive what I need for today. Um, and that just brings its own peace and joy in itself of being able to be present. But that's off topic that I could talk. I could go down that road and just ramble on that forever. But um, are you ready to go deeper in your faith? Praying the rosary has left an impact on my life in the lives of so many others. In fact, the rosary was one of the first ways the Lord spoke to me. Through my encounter with the Lord in my heart to create, I've designed many different rosaries for people of all ages, from children to athletes to your everyday person. Trust me, there is a rosary for you. All rosaries are handmade by my husband and I in our home. As a way of saying thank you for the support of the Abundantly Yours podcast, I'm offering you a special discount to save on your order. Use code PODCAST for 10% off your purchase. It's time to take the next step in your walk with God. Once again, thank you for supporting the Abundantly Yours ministry. Along with natural family planning, we always hear of like the different methods, right? Um, and so um, would you mind, I mean, sharing about some of them? I know there are quite a few of them, um, but the only one I really have ever known and used is Creighton. So if you want to share, um, feel free to. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is where like rubber meets the road. Like let's get practical and understand like what would it look like for someone listening thinking, okay, I want to chart my cycle and see what's going on. I'm just curious about my body. So there are three categories for each method. So you have um, mucus only, symptothermal, and symptohormonal methods. And under that are a bunch of different organizations that teach each type of category of method. So that's a lot of times where I think people get confused and they hear like Creighton, Marquette, and then you're hearing Femme Fertility, but then you're hearing about Whole Mission, you're hearing like organizations mixed with terminology that people use. And so that's yeah. all great. What it means yeah. is that there are so many options so that you can find the best instructor for you and the best method for you. So I'll start with the first one. So with mucus only, that's where Creighton oftentimes falls under and NAPRO technology. That's where you're looking at mucus. You are looking at cervical mucus. You're being educated and understanding what your cervical mucus is telling you in your cycle. You're not adding in any other tech. You're not adding in temp checks. So it's a very... Um, foundational, um, basic method in that sense. Um, so that it's most commonly taught to women. Um, but other methods are popular too. So I don't want to sound like this is the only one, but a lot of times this is where you can start and where a lot of women yeah. will be like, I'm going to download an app and just see like, what does it look like? What am I looking for? Um, yeah. as that sign of ovulation and good fertility. So this, the second category is symptothermal, and that's where cervical mucus, again, is that foundational point. You're looking at that. You're watching for it. You're also adding in temperature checks. So you're getting to see like, okay, what is my body's temperature saying in accordance with my cervical mucus? Is this making sense? Um, am I understanding where I'm peaking in my ovulation and my fertility and when I'm entering into my luteal phase? So 
this is for someone, you know, if you're really interested in having extra data points, there are different technologies available too, like temp drop. So if you're someone that you're like, oh my gosh, I want to just wear, I want to wear tech. I don't want to have to be 6 a.m. every morning taking my temperature. Um, And this can depend too, like if you have a busy schedule, you work night shifts, if you're getting up a lot in the middle of the night for a baby or for other reasons, um, student with crazy hours, that's where you have to work with your instructor to see like, okay, would this be the best for me? Because that temp drop, the wearable tech makes it a lot more feasible, but yep. it can sometimes mess with your with the temperature read. So yeah. under that method, you're going to hear about like Femme Fertility. You'll hear about Couple to Couple League. And I list all these organizations and the categories of these methods on my website. So women can take their time to shop and see um, what does it look like to practice this? What are effectiveness rates? What are costs? Um, and then that third category Symptom hormonal method, that's where you're adding in tech. You'll be adding in the clear blue monitor. You're going to be peeing in a cup and testing it and putting a test strip for 15 seconds, popping it in a monitor. And that's going to help you determine an uh, LH surge, the luteinizing hormone surge, and an estrogen rise. So that is, I find it really cool. It's what I use in this postpartum, post-babies phase of my life. And I think it's really fun to use different tech. But for some people, they hear that and they think, no way. I don't want to have all the tech. I don't want to have all the sticks. And that's okay. So this is the beauty in being able to have these three different options is that you can keep it foundational with cervical mucus. You can add in that temp. You can add in the monitor and the test strips, and you're still paying attention to that cervical mucus that doesn't go away, but you can add in those different checkpoints. So depending on how your cycle is, your schedule is, where you would like to have maybe some more reassurance um, and adding in more tech, like you can do those things. And then there are additional um, checkpoints that you can add in prove test strips to see um, different hormones and how your cycle is doing. If you've ovulated optimally, you can add in LH strips to make sure you capture that luteinizing hormone increasing to say like, yes, you ovulated, we're moving into luteal phase. So I think it's so cool, but I also know that that can sound really overwhelming to someone listening. And that's what I want to emphasize each category of method and within the different organizations teaching these methods, there are instructors. They are trained, they are certified, they are going through rigorous certification to make sure that they can teach you so that you can become an expert of your own body. And I think that is so critical and is often um, not emphasized enough in the conversations around using and implementing fertility awareness for women is that that instructor is there to help you become the expert of your own body, to make sure you understand how to apply this method because with the rise of a lot of different apps, they're based on an algorithm and they're trying to predict your ovulation. A lot of them are also designed to help you get pregnant um, because we're seeing more conversations around infertility, issues with periods, women wanting to get pregnant, not being able to. A lot of these apps have uh, come about in a response to that, which is great, but you don't want to be basing your cycle off of an algorithm because an algorithm can a lot of times be wrong and misses the nuances of your cycle. So while it's helpful to see it in an app and you can see it charted out, you need to know how to interpret the data. And that's what your instructor is there for. And a lot of times um, when working with an instructor, a lot of instructors notice and have seen that it's about six months for you to get really comfortable in, in charting and in your method. So I've had women come to me like, okay, I've been charting for two months. I'm working with an instructor and I'm just like, I don't feel like I'm an expert at all. I feel even more lost. And that's very normal because it's a learning curve. A lot of us yeah. women have not been taught this at young ages, but we're not getting introduced to this at a time like, okay, at nine years old, we're starting to hear about this kid at 12. You're starting to learn your cycle at 16. You're regularly charting your cycle. So yeah. this is brand new for a lot of women coming into this. It makes sense that this can feel overwhelming and totally foreign. And it's okay yeah. because 
you know, this is, this is a space for learning and for curiosity and allowing us to give ourselves some grace to say like, this is okay. I'm learning how my body works. So I know that's a very long explanation, but I really want to go in depth so someone understand what methods are available that you can find different organizations that teach it, that you need to be wary of, of using an app and that it really is important to become an expert of your cycle and understand if you're going to use that app for your data to know that you know how to interpret it and you know what to bring up at a doctor's appointment with your instructor um, and even encouraging friends and bringing them along in the journey if you're willing to open up about this process that you're going into of charting your cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And I love uh, I love how you mentioned like two months in, you don't know what's happening, right? Like, I think that's the beauty of getting to learn, right? Um, and I think we also, I mean, anything, we give ourselves the time, but it's like really just entering into it with, you know, being able to, to, to openly learn. And I think it's so beautiful and we get to learn that. And then just as you also mentioned this, yeah, these instructors are not going through like an easy course to just learn, right? Like you guys, I've heard that like your courses, um, to learn and to teach are hard, are, but that's what, that's what we need. So you're, you know, providing us the correct information. And so you can um, properly teach us what, what's happening. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I love how you broke down all three methods because honestly, I had no clue. Like I knew Creighton and that's all I've heard of. Um, I mean, I've heard of the other ones, but I haven't ever like looked into them deeper. Um, have you ever considered starting a side hustle? What could an extra $100 a month do for you? Or even an extra $250 a month or $500 a month? It could cover your groceries or gas or even be used on some much needed self-care. In addition to Abundantly Yours, I'm also a clean beauty advocate, and there are a few reasons why. I don't just love their products. I love their story and all that they stand for. Crunchy is founded by Christian women who stand for holistic living and healthy lifestyles. Maybe you've already tried the products but want to make some extra money by sharing them with your friends. Or maybe you haven't even tried the products but you want to dive in deep, share your entire journey from the beginning, and help others make a switch to clean beauty. Here are some of my favorite things about this clean beauty gig. Number one, helping women clean up their beauty routines and reduce the amount of toxins in their lifestyle. Number two, residual income potential. I make commission on all customer reorders even if they don't use my link after the first time. 20 to 40% commission. Number four, team building is 100% optional, which means you don't have to sign other advocates up underneath of you to make any money. And number six, teaming up with like-minded women. The link to join my team of incredible Christian women is in the episode description. If you are ready to join the movement and advocate for 100% clean and non-toxic beauty products, join me as a clean beauty advocate. If you're not ready to make money with Crunchy yet, but would just love to make the switch to non-toxic products, you can also shop via the link in my description. Thank you so much, and I can't wait for you to join me on the clean living journey kind of as we go from that, um, why should a single woman learn about her fertility? Why, you know, what, why, why is that even important when you're not even, you know, maybe even thinking about a man, maybe you're, you know, not even thinking about a relationship. Um, I mean, maybe you're, or, or you are feeling, you know, called to marriage someday, you know, why would that, why should they care about their fertility? 
That's a really great question. And I think a lot of times, again, it gets lost on like, oh, this is what you do during engagement or you do it when you're newly married. And I think there's something so important to take a step back and realize that for so many women, we're not educated in how our bodies work and the importance mm-hmm. of our bodies. Our reproductive health is um, really uh, limited to and synthesized to this is your baby making machine. So turn it off if you don't want to use it. Turn it on when you do want to use it. And that um, really does such a disservice to us as women because our reproductive health, like we talked about in the beginning a little bit, is is involved in so many more aspects of our health. It's integral to the rest of our body. It's not actually good to turn off a functioning system and then try to turn it back on. Um, I think it sounds really easy, but when you actually look at the research and you look at objectively what the body is doing to make that happen, a lot of those synthetic hormones can be really hard on the body to do that. And you may be saying, okay, but I'm not turning it off. I'm just living with it. Um, And that's really good too, you know, that to, I think, take that first step in saying, okay, what is, what is it that my body's trying to tell me? How do I feel in my cycle? And I think doing some of that more introspective work to understand that this part of you is actually a part of you and it's not something that's totally separate. And so a lot of the hormones that you experience as you're going through menstruation, you have your follicular phase and you're ovulating. Now you're going to the luteal phase, these different phases and the way the hormones surge and then decrease can impact your health and you can actually use the information for uh, cycle syncing your workouts. You can cycle sync your schedule. So for an example, if you're thinking like, okay, I get it. Like these are hormones that um, help my body and they can impact my sleep and my, and what I'm eating can impact my cycle. And so this symbiotic relationship going on, but how could I potentially practically use this information in my day-to-day life if I'm not using it for family planning? So I want to give one here. So my friend, Megan Fowler, she runs the aligned cycle and she helps women utilize their cycle in accordance with their schedule so that you can maximize your efforts at work, you can crush your goals, and you can honor your body when you're feeling kind of tired out, stressed out. And so she walks you through the different four different phases of your cycle and helping you understand like, okay, when you are menstruating, this is a time to rest and nest, like work on analytics, strategy, decluttering, maybe your office space, like doing a little bit more of that behind the scenes work because you're a little more tired. Your energy is low. And as you enter into that follicular phase, this is the time to start reviewing those goals. Like what are those big projects? Who are those people you need to connect with? And when you're ovulating, your energy is up. You can recover faster on lower sleep. You can do really hard workouts. Your body is ready to go. So to like, you can use that and say, okay, this is my time to connect, to network, to lead those challenging meetings, to like crush those goals. And then as you enter into that first and second half of your luteal phase, you can say, okay, it's time to like slow things down a little bit, check my goals for next month, what's going on. And so using this, I think can actually bring a lot of freedom and saying, okay, instead of just having this huge long to-do list, how can I be strategic with my time and with my body, with my health and use all of this information from my body to actually be more productive in my job, to be more productive in my work. And now it's not perfect. You know, you may say like, I can't really plan my schedule in that way, but even just knowing this, you can be aware and saying, okay, when I'm menstruating, yeah, my energy is lower. What do I do to conserve? Maybe I don't go out as much in the evenings because I need to get sleep for all the meetings I have the next day. You know, being, being more aware allows you to make healthy and um, helpful decisions for long-term thinking and, and how your overall body is doing and your cortisol levels and how you're managing low sleep or if you need to up your sleep, you know, you get to, you get to tinker, you get to figure out like what's going on and how you can use it. So that's just one example, but, um, 
I have other resources, Whitney, that I can share with you for the show notes so that if women are really interested in exploring these different options to say, wow, yeah, I want to have faster run times. Well, you can totally cycle sync your workouts because that is real science and physiology taking place right now that I think is so amazing that we haven't had before that these conversations around fertility awareness for single and married women are going far beyond family planning. And not to say that it's not good and awesome to to focus on natural ways of family planning. They're great. There's, yeah. there's also so much more available for women yeah. in all walks of life to really utilize and lean into your reproductive health and to recognize that you don't have to turn off your body to participate. You don't have to turn off your body to participate at the kitchen table or the boardroom table. Like you can, you can lean into your body and the way that it works and participate fully in society. Because I think that's something that we're often told is you have to turn off your body to participate in a male normative world. Yep. Why not keep your body on and participate as a woman because you are just as much needed as a man. Yep. Amen. Amen to that. And that even plays into the whole mind, body, soul, right? How it's all um, one and should be unitative. I don't know the word united at all points. I know what you're saying. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just, I mean, even, um, I know I talked, so I kind of talked about my sister earlier and she's like, I, she told me, she's like, I'm so thankful that, um, I, you know, I dove into crate and charting and learning her fertility, you know, after just, she was just after, just out of high school, I think when she started, um, learning and she's like, you know, she just got married last year and she's like, she's like, I'm so, so thankful. I've had years of experience of learning my cycle and, you know, going, you know, solving the issues that she had, um, and learning and becoming a pro at her fertility before she was even thinking about marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even would say the same thing um, for any other single woman out here thinking, um, you know, you have to be learning to always be thinking about your fertility. But just as you said, like the cycle sinking, I've heard so much of that. I definitely want to learn more. So I would love all those links. <laughs> um, and I just think it's so cool about how, how our cycle affects our entire body and how it is part of the whole woman's body and how we need to look at it in that lens and not as the turn off the switch type thing. I love that kind of little, um, analogy you use there. Um, but yeah, I think all those pointers that you shared were super good, um, about learning your fertility and even just, um, the beauty of it. I think it's incredible. So, um, as we kind of begin to wrap up, um, what is one piece of advice you want every young Catholic woman to know? And this can be related to um, the topic or not. You just have to feel free, whatever the Lord's got on your heart. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think it's I think it's leaning into the goodness of how we're made as women, and that God doesn't make doesn't He makes us only good. He doesn't make bad things. So yeah. if He makes us good, our fertility and our reproductive health is actually a gift. And I think we need to get curious and and be introspective and and asking those questions. Like what are the narratives or the scripts that run through your head about your body, about your fertility? What are the things that you have taken in through cultural narratives, through film, through music, where you found that a lot of times maybe you feel like your period gets in the way or your reproductive health gets in the way or that children aren't a gift and they're a burden. Like what are those, um, what are those narratives that run for you and, and be willing to be curious and not shame them or, or feel guilty about them, but be honest so that God can heal those places because he did not make you broken. He didn't make you bad and he didn't give you a reproductive system to punish you. This wasn't a punishment. And I think, you know, we can look at 
um, in Genesis where we, we think about like, yeah, but women's supposed to have labor pains. It's like, yeah, unfortunately that's like the, the result of original sin, but he ultimately gave you this body and this gift and our, and our sexuality and in making us woman because it's a gift to the world. It's not something to use as enslavement or a power trip. Um, he only yeah. makes good to love us. And I think that's something that we don't reflect enough upon specifically as women. I think we focus a lot on like larger gifts, the way we receive, the way we give, but what is it about your body? That is so good because like you said, we're integral, we're integrated body, soul, we're a body, soul combo. There's no separating it. You don't live in a shell and your soul is more important or like your body's important. Your soul doesn't matter. Both are equally important. And to be able to explore that and understand that I think is, is what allows us to unlock um, those places that are um, uncertain or that can be so broken for us. And I think being willing when you, when you realize there may be that brokenness or those wounds to go on a journey of healing with the Lord. And I don't mean like spiritually bypassing and saying like, I'm going to offer it up or it doesn't matter. And not addressing those deeper wounds, like go there with Jesus because he wants to heal you. He desires you. I don't know if you've seen chosen, but the scene of the woman at the well, I'm going to send this link because the scene is so powerful in the way Jesus knows us so deeply. And they did such a beautiful job of capturing just how well Jesus knew this woman and knew the specifics of like what made her heart ache. And I think to recognize that when we go on a journey of exploration to say like, okay, God, there are these wounds that I have about my body and these things that I believe. What do you want to tell me that's true to help me heal? And maybe that healing also is going to come through the wise counsel of a friend, a spiritual director, a counselor to help you actually address it so you can live in freedom because we were made for freedom, not enslavement. Yeah. Amen. Mic drop. Literally so good. I love, yeah, we were not made for enslavement. Like there's like, even the smallest little things I notice myself, I'll become like a slave to my to-do list, right? Or a slave to these things, even, yeah, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> um, like we, we're, we're so easy to be, we're so quick to being hard on ourselves, especially as women. Um, and so that's something that, I mean, I've even experienced of like, yeah, I have this to-do list, but if I get one thing today done today, like amen to that. Like, that's so amazing. Like God is good. He gave me the graces to get through that one thing. Maybe the next day I get through five things. That's great. Um, and yeah, God is good and creator of all things good. That's always something that I always like to shout to the walls is he is good. I know, I know that phrase sometimes gets overused, but, um, I mean, it's because it's the truth. Right. Yeah. 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 You can say it with an empty heart when it's like, no, he actually is good. He actually made us good. And like my own heart need to hear that with the to-do list because it's so tempting to think like whatever that place of enslavement is or where we're tempted, where like that order becomes disordered, you know, our proneness yeah. to sin is there, but yeah. God so desires to say, okay, come back to me come back to me. I recently learned that reconciliation cilia means like eyelash to eyelash. It goes back to that root. And I loved hearing that because it's like, okay, going back to him, like through the sacraments and in prayer is like, he wants to be so close to us. Yeah. He does not desire that distance. He is ready to love us and like have us come back. And I just, I feel that so much in parenting where, um, you know, like my oldest will be like, okay, if you just, if you just listen to me, it's going to be so much better. But you know, she decides to do a different way. She's got to learn. It's like, okay. And then, you know, there might be tears and it's like, okay, are you ready? Like, come on back. Okay, let's try this. And I just thought like, wow, that is God the father. The amount of times I tell him, no, 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 no. I've got it. I've got it. And he's just like, if you just listen, if you just open your heart, like I really do have good things in store for you, but I'm not going to force you because that's the way he is. Like, he's not going to force love upon us or force us to do something. He's going to wait for us. Um, and I just love like mother Teresa talking about like Jesus knocks on the door of your heart, but he doesn't have the opportunity to open that door. Only you do. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. That's so, so good. I love it all. Like, Jesus is good. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So, um, yeah, as we um, leave, um, before we leave, I guess, um, where can people follow you? Um, I know you mentioned um, you'll share those links. I'll put those in the episode description. Um, but feel free to share any social media or website information. Yeah, absolutely. So I can be found at www.managingyourfertility.com. And then I have the Managing Your Fertility podcast and social media at Managing Your Fertility. And I also have a course, Start Your Chart, and I give lifetime access. It's helping women actually get started. So method matching, Mm -hmm. actually reaching out and picking an instructor, helping you have points for talking with your doctor about fertility awareness. So if that's something women are interested in learning about and working with me, they can totally do that. I'm going to be revamping the course, adding more resources, and lowering the price from 37 to $27, because I really want this to be affordable and women to have the resources that they need. So if they're finding like, okay, the website is great, but I actually want you to like talk me through how I do this. Like what questions should I ask myself to discern which method is best for me? That's what this course is for, because I really want women to be able to start this journey and to yeah. be able to start charting, start learning their bodies and feel empowered through their bodies because like God, God made us good. He gave us these beautiful bodies to learn and we have this science and this technology. And I just think like, Lord, what a time to be alive. Like this is so amazing. Like, yes, science and technology, you can use it for, for poor things or bad things, but yeah, you can also use them for good. This is true throughout the entirety of humanity, right? We can use these tools for good or for bad. So let's use them for good and lean into the goodness of who we're made to be so that we, we can honor who God made us. Yes. Amen. Be sure to go check out all of her resources. If you have questions, um, Instagram, DM her. I'm sure sure her email is, is on her website as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go 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 reach out if you're um, ready to get started. Go and go look at her course and things. Um, all great resources. So thank you so much for sharing those. But um, and yeah, thank you for joining me today and for sharing. I'm just in this conversation and bringing more awareness to our fertility and the goodness of our bodies as women. So. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Whitney. It was a blessing to be with you today. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And I would love to connect further with women who are listening if they have questions. So like you said, email, DM, I'm available to ask, answer, learn more about you and help you find what you're looking for. Hey girl, we've made it to the end of this episode of the Abundantly Yours podcast. If this episode touched your heart in any way, I would be so thankful if you could head on over to subscribe and leave me a review. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Be sure to go follow me on Instagram at abundantly.yours for more. See you next time.